the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right, everybody. Welcome to the Dennis Prager Show. A story out of Yale I'd like to share with you. To my... I admit, I admit my amazement... It's actually printed in the Washington Post. Are you familiar with Ruth Marcus? Sure. Is she a conservative writer there? That's why this this was stunning. Is she a leftist or a liberal? No, she's a she's a far far. Okay, so I don't I don't. uh, It makes it all the more remarkable that she attacked Yale for wokeness. So. Either this is just an outlier, this the fact that a Washington Post left-wing uh, writer would attack Yale for wokeness, or it might be the harbinger of an awakening among some people on the left that the left is destroying our universities. Could be. I don't know. A woke awakening. That is exactly right. Listen to, to did you see this piece? It, it's a, it's stunning. Maoist re-education camps have nothing on Yale Law School. That's how it begins. <laughs> well, Yale is a cesspool. Yale of of the Ivy League uh, is is arguably the worst, which is a, it's a hard competition because it includes the University of uh, Pennsylvania and Brown which was lost 50 years ago. What was Brown? Didn't they stock up on supplies for nuclear war? Remember that at Brown? (laughs) Maoist re-education camps have nothing on Yale Law School. If you think this is an exaggeration, okay, it is, but keep reading. Last month, a second-year law student... You know what? I'm going to play a game with uh, with you, uh, oh living martyr. I want you to figure out what was wrong in what this guy did at Yale Law School. <laughs> it's hard. It's getting harder. Last month, a second-year law student sent some classmates an invitation to a party to celebrate Constitution Day, of all things, which is in wrong in itself going to celebrate the Constitution. But all right. The student, Trent Colbert, who has the unusual profile of belonging to both the Native American Law Students Association, NALSA, and the Conservative Federalist Society, emailed. Quote, Sup, NALSA. Hope you're all still feeling social. This Friday at 7.30, we will be christening our very own soon-to-be world-renowned NALSA Trap House. 
Uh, she'll explain Trap House in a moment. By throwing a Constitution Day bash in collaboration with FEDSOC, Federalist Society. Planned attractions include Popeye's chicken, basic American-themed snacks like apple pie, etc. Hope to see you all there. The living martyr is pondering what was bad. So now she'll wait. Now, I bet you think Trap House. No. Okay, fine. I, I couldn't figure out what was wrong. Uh, Trap House, according to the Urban Dictionary, was, quote, originally used to describe a crack house in a shady neighborhood, but has since been abused by high school students who like to pretend they're cool by drinking their mom's beer together. A popular far-left podcast by three white men calls itself Chapo Trap House without incident. Not at Yale Law School. Within minutes, as reported by Aaron Sebarium of the Washington Free Beacon, the invitation was posted on the group chat for all second-year law students, of which several asserted that the invite, here it comes. What is it about? It's got to be about the chicken. You think it's about the chicken? Okay, fine. They asserted that the invite had racist connotations and had encouraged students to attend in blackface. Did you catch the blackface part? No. no. That's just, that's just a, you know, made up. It's just made up, exactly. I guess celebrating whiteness wasn't enough, the president of the Black Law Students Association wrote in the forum. She objected to the involvement of the Federalist Society, which she said quote, has historically supported anti-black rhetoric. Within 12 hours, Colbert, 12 hours, Colbert was summoned to meet with Associate Law Dean Ellen Cosgrove and Diversity Director Yassine Eldick. By the way, Sean, that's a name for our list. I like it. Yassine Eldick. All right? That's a good one. I love I love names. We have lists here of great names, and Yassine Eldick uh, belongs on the list, no question. It's up there with uh, Truxton Umstead. There, <laughs> good pull, correct. <laughs> there, he was told that his message had generated nine student complaints of discrimination and harassment. By, so, it's not Popeye's chicken. No. Oh, I, I, I that wasn't mentioned. Well, how did they get to blackface? And was and was more or less instructed to apologize. The administrators leaned on Colbert to think about quote asking for forgiveness, unquote, to help quote make this go away. They drafted a note that they thought would suffice, apologizing for, quote, any harm, trauma, or upset the email caused. Trauma. This is what we call the coddled generation. Come to celebrate with the uh, indigenous, 
well, what is it? The uh, what is it also again? Native American. Come celebrate with the Native American Law Society and the Federalist Society a party celebrating Constitution Day caused trauma. Do you understand how weak these nine students are and how much the university called Yale cultivates weakness in its students? It is the opposite of what you want for your child. The opposite. Sending your child to Yale is so perilous as to be a gambler's decision. It is gambling to send your child to Yale and most colleges. A a serious person, a serious dean, unlike Ellen Cosgrove and diversity director Yasin Eldick, would say, you were traumatized by this party invitation? Grow up or leave Yale. That is an ideal world. I have just entered, oh, I'm smiling. I have entered a fantasy realm of grown-ups. Ah, grown-ups and Yale. Ah, it's mutually exclusive. Trauma. I'm still, I'm still, I'm traumatized by their trauma. uh, Okay, so let's see. They should apologize. He should apologize, Colbert, by the way, the Native American, for any harm, trauma, or upset the email caused and added in language reminiscent of the Cultural Revolution. That's her Maoist reference. I know I must learn more and grow, and I will actively educate myself so I can do better. It's exactly what people would say under Mao in the Cultural Revolution. Yale. When Colbert resisted, saying he would prefer to discuss the issue face-to-face with anyone who was offended, the administrators acted on their own that same night, emailing the entire second class. An invitation was recently circulated containing pejorative and racist language. We condemn this in the strongest possible terms. One eight Prager, seven seven six eight seven seven two four three, triple seven six. The Dennis Prager Show. Hi, Dennis Prager here again with a message for anyone struggling with pain. Of course, I want you to know about Relief Factor, the one hundred percent drug free supplement that tens of thousands are now taking every day. I take it every day. I like being out of pain. But I know you may be skeptical. I certainly was. Then I kept hearing about all the people, including my wife, who were no longer in pain. So I decided to give it a try. In fact, listen to Janice's story. I was skeptical at first. But because of the pain that I was having when I would uh, substitute teach and have to climb stairs, so I have lower back, hip, and even knee pain. And after about three weeks, I found that I could climb stairs pain-free. But it wasn't only pain-free. I could do it step over step without holding on the railing. I'm really happy. It makes me feel like I'm young again. That's relieffactor.com or call 800-500-8384. 
Ah, you know, the uh, there's a switch here that turns the mic on. And periodically, I forget to use it. James in Louisville, Kentucky. Hi there. Hello, Dennis. Yes, sir. Hey, uh, did I mention, because I listened to every single word that you said. Right. Um, I, on the north side of 50, I went to law school as a second career when I was 40 after being a born an engineer. And I didn't hear anything that was would even close to being upsetting to anyone. I have now I have now read the article. I have taken out the things I wanted to read on the air. I have read them now on the air and I still don't know. I don't either. Right. I'm totally with you. Look, my producer guessed Popeye's chicken. No, 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 I don't know. What is it? He, wait a minute. Listen. Yeah, yes, exactly. Look, he, it could have been... could have been Burger King hamburgers. No, no, no. It could have been uh, apple pie. He wrote, apple pie is a, a basic American-themed snack. There you go. Apple pie. Apple pie is white supremacist. So are they going to play baseball, too? Are they going to play baseball? Oh, why, is that is that uh, white supremacist? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know the answer to your question. There's so little racism in this country that they have to make it up. This is another example of it. You must understand what is going on in America. There's so little racism, they make it up. That's why there are all these race hoaxes. As I always point out, there was no anti-Semitic hoax in Germany in the 1930s. No Jew made up an anti-Semitic event. There were too many real ones. There are so few real ones in America, they are made up. Most of the time, this, the swastika or the noose or the N-word at a college is done by a black student, not a white supremacist. Because the black wanted people to believe there's racism at the school. What did the, uh, what, what is it, the, the Lincoln Club? The Lincoln Project. The Lincoln Project in Virginia. Remember? No, no, no. What the the guys? No, 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 no. The event where they where they stood in front of Youngkin's. A stunt. Yes, they they made an a a stunt to associate Youngkin with racism. That they they acted as if they were white supremacists supporting Youngkin. They're just leftist scum. Not not white supremacists. If you have to make up racism, isn't it obvious how little there is? This is the proof. Things like what happened at Yale. Things like the, the uh, Lincoln Society. Lincoln, Lincoln Project. Project. There, there are too many things. Society, yeah. club, association. Lincoln, Lincoln clubs are wonderful. I know the Lincoln Club is a great so, group, so that's why I want to get it right. The Lincoln, Lincoln Project, yes. Why did they why did they smear Lincoln's name? It's really it's really pathetic. The Lincoln Project. Please understand, my friends, the whole edifice of proof of of, of racism is proof of how little racism there is. This is a perfect example. My law student, former law student caller from Louisville, my producer, and I still don't know what is blackface and racist. 
that nine Yale law students would have been traumatized by this letter, an invitation to a party. That is the proof of how little racism there is in America. They make it up so often. This is really, really something. Woodstock, Illinois. Tim, hello. Hi, Dennis. It's an Hi. honor to speak with you. Thank you. Um, what I wanted to say, Dennis, yes, they do. They pull it out of thin air. They make it up or they pull it out of thin air. But they, they so casually destroy people's reputation. That's right. They threatened him, especially, yes. You, you, forgive especially me. Egregious. I, uh, yes, I just want you to know they threatened him with putting on his record bad character, which would make it very oh difficult God. for him to uh, uh, succeed in the field of law. Yes, and it's a, yes, and it's, it's so egregious with a young person, particularly. You know, he hasn't even started his career, but it's high. I That's think it's right. high time that these these god awful institutions of, of woke weenies, as far as I'm concerned, woke weenies, were held accountable. But I don't right. understand, Dennis, why this young man and he probably needs some help couldn't bring litigation. Yeah, well, an institution. Uh, I, I wish he would. I, I do wish he would. I don't know how the courts uh, operate. There are so many uh, so many lawsuits in this country, but that, that would that would be appropriate. I would I would give almost anything to have some of the nine students who were traumatized by this invitation on my show. But they would never appear on my show. There is no rational basis for their opposition. Listen, if the Washington Post has a columnist writing against it, I would like to speak to her too. I'd like to speak to a lot of these people. Do you ever put two and two together? Do you understand what your side is doing to this country? Or or is your belief that the Republicans and right-wingers and conservatives are so indescribably evil that there is nothing the left could do that would enable you to vote Republican? That's the case. There is nothing the left could do that would move most liberals to vote Republican. The Dennis Prager Show. Don't you get tired of commercials screaming at you to buy gold now with inflated promises on future values? In an unregulated industry, you need honest, real experts to give you solid advice to protect your wealth and top picks on the best coins and bullion. As environmental policy becomes a hot topic, one precious metal that's been significantly undervalued for years is potentially set to surge. Nick Grovich, owner of AmFed Coin and Bullion, has long recommended this precious metal up to 600 thousand ounces of this rare metal will be needed by 2030 to produce green hydrogen. Nick is doubling down on this pick, and you should too. Call Nick at AmFed Coin and Bullion to find out more. I've been friends with Nick for years, and he's my go-to guy when it comes to coins and bullion. I trust him. That's a very big statement, by the way. Call Nick at 800-221-7694-800-221-7694, AmericanFederal.com, AmericanFederal.com. 
Okay, I'll take some challenges and calls and continue here. I'm Dennis Prager. Larry in Tampa, Florida. Hello. Good afternoon, Mr. Prager. It's an honor to engage with you today. Thank you. Uh, I am calling to challenge the notion that this student who claimed trauma was actually traumatized. It's my position that they they have learned what the keywords are, the keywords that trigger the woke uh, hierarchy. And this is not about trauma. This is about monetizing, creating their street creds, creating their bona fides so that they can manufacture a future like these journalists that have created these fake stories in order to win the next Nobel Prize. It's all BS. Right. All so where... Ha, ha, yeah, you're, 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 you're agreeing with me. You're not challenging me. I, I am. I am. I'm challenging the notion. And, and actually, uh, you know what? If I, I'll, take, I'll take a little liberty. When, when talk shows like yourself talk about these issues and, and bring light to these, these issues, it does kind of support their arguments. It just kind of creates more focus on them. Those, those folks need to be ignored. See, okay. Not talked I, about. Right. Okay. Look. I... I there, if they were ignored at Yale, I would never report it. My issue was not that nine students were traumatized by a non-traumatizing letter, party invitation. My issue was that Yale supported them. I would never publicize nine students who are out of their minds, weaklings, pathetic personalities, maybe even publicity seekers. But once Yale supports them, it's news. I need people to know what is happening when they send their children to college, including quote-unquote elite colleges, who in some ways are the worst. All right, let me see here. Yep, okay. All right. Got a lot of calls, but they're all in support. Let's see. David in L.A., the Federalist Society must be suppressed, correct? That's certainly a factor here. Uh, Elliot in Wilmette, Illinois, says the key to the racist language is the first word, sup. Sup is just what's up. But, of course, it, it might be cultural appropriation. <laughs> okay, everybody's trying to guess because we can't. I still don't know. That's right. Okay. I thank you all. I'm going to move on. In this uh, in this realm, Brett Stephens in the New York Times reports. See this one on the American Medical Association. So, I ended my column this week that many Americans are no longer have faith in the medical institutions of our society. I don't not only have faith, I have contempt. The American Medical Association uh, is is a destructive group of leftists. That's all it is. They have here's a great example of the left destroys or the left ruins everything it touches. Everything. The AMA might have once been prestigious. It is now just a leftist woke institution. The American Medical Association recently published its Guide to Language, Narrative, and Concepts. Are you familiar with that? You are? I mean, yeah, we, we reported on that. No, no, I didn't know. I reported on the AMA saying 
that you can't list sex on a birth certificate. I didn't know that they had a guide to language, narrative, and concepts, which includes such recommendations as replacing the term disadvantaged with historically and intentionally excluded, replacing social problem with social injustice, replacing vulnerable with oppressed, and blacklist and blackmail, of course, have to go. As Brett Stephens writes, it's, this isn't silly, it's Orwellian. It's a blunt attempt to turn everyday speech into a perpetual, politicized, and nearly unconscious indictment of the system, quote-unquote. Anyone who has spent time analyzing how the totalitarian regimes of the 20th century operated will note the similarities. That's, that's fighting words in the New York Times by Brett Stephens. Yes. If you don't condemn the left, don't yell at anybody in Russia, Germany, Japan, China who didn't yell at the totalitarians of their society. Okay? You have no right to do that. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. President of Uganda in Africa, country I've been to a couple of times, wrote a piece in the Wall Street Journal, which you should all be aware of, how destructive the green activists, the fanatics of our day, are to poor countries. This is by the president, Yoweri Museveni, president of Uganda. Africa cannot sacrifice its future prosperity for Western climate goals. The continent should balance its energy mix, not rush straight toward renewables, even though that will likely frustrate some of those gathering at the Global Climate Conference in Glasgow. I'll continue reading from it, but I I want you to understand the issue. It's very simple. The West got its prosperity thanks to fossil fuels. No fossil fuel, no energy, no West. Fossil fuels have been one of the greatest blessings in the history of mankind. What the selfish, rich, white... That's really who it, it's ironic that I would use the term, but that's, that's who it is. Selfish, rich, bored, that's incredibly important. That's who make up the environmentalist movement. Selfish, 
rich, white, bored people who need some meaning in their lives. And saving the world is as meaningful as it gets, isn't it? So if you destroy the West's economy and make it impossible for poor countries to develop, what the hell? They're wealthy enough to withstand it. And it makes them feel great to boot. So we're telling countries that now want to get wealthy like the West, you can't. We used fossil fuels. You can't. You in Uganda, you need wind turbines. My continent's energy choices will dictate much of the climate's future. Conservative estimates project that Africa's population of 1.3 billion will double by 2050. Africans' energy consumption will likely surpass that of the European Union around that time. By the way, the European Union is contracting, because in the secular world people have far fewer children, because secularism breeds narcissism. And so why would I have a child? It deprives me of the ability to, to go out to a restaurant anytime I want. Knowing this, many developed nations are pushing an accelerated transition to renewables on Africa. The Western Aid Industrial Complex, I like that, the Aid Industrial Complex, composed of non-governmental organizations and state development agencies, has poured money into wind and solar projects across Africa. This earns them praise in the U.S. and Europe, but leaves many Africans with unreliable and expensive electricity that depends on diesel generators or batteries on overcast or non-windy days. This stands to forestall Africa's attempt to rise out of poverty. You know how much that means to the uh, green environmentalist activists? Nothing. It doesn't mean anything. that this will forestall Africa's attempt to rise out of poverty? Jeff Bezos just bought his, I don't know, seventh house on the seashore where? Hawaii. Oh, yes, in Hawaii, right. Now, if the seas are going to inundate island countries like Hawaii, it's an island state, I know, but I'm using the term, to include countries... Why would he buy one there? Why, why do any of these rich people buy property on seashores if the, if the oceans will rise three, four, five, six feet? It's tough, tough, tough to answer that. Do they believe what they say? Uh, it's been the question of my life about the left all of my life. African manufacturing will struggle to attract investment and therefore to create jobs without consistent energy sources. Agriculture will suffer if the continent can't use natural gas to create synthetic fertilizer or to power efficient freight transportation. In the coming decades, my continent will have a strong influence on global warming, but it doesn't now. Were sub-Saharan Africa, minus South Africa, to triple its electricity consumption overnight, powering the new usage entirely by gas, it would add only 0.6% to 
global carbon emissions. Six-tenths of one percent. Africans have a right to use reliable, cheap energy, and doing so doesn't prevent the development of the continent's renewables. Forcing Africa down one route will hinder our fight against poverty. President of Uganda, but what does he know? What's the girl's name from Sweden? Greta Thunberg. She knows. What does the president of Uganda know? Greta Thunberg. Thunberg, yes. It's T-H, but it's T. That's right. Greta Thunberg. Keeps her up at night. Global warming. African poverty does not keep her up at night. Keeping Africans in poverty, thanks to policies she advocates, doesn't keep her up at night. So it is. My column this week is natural immunity versus vaccine immunity. I... uh, I showed study after study showing that natural immunity is more effective than vaccine immunity to COVID. And the CDC last week came out and said the opposite. I quoted studies, massive and major and or major studies from Israel, most vaccinated, one of the most vaccinated countries in the world, Rockefeller University, and elsewhere. Back in a moment. Well, everybody, I'm Dennis Prager. Final segment of the first hour here. Darren in the Twin Cities in Minnesota. Hi, Darren. Hello, Dennis. Always a pleasure to talk to you. I just I called in today because listening to your show. It's maybe a little bit off top, but it's the same thing as far as the the woke crowd. And I can speak for the gay community. I'm gay. I I like men, obviously. I'm married now. But prior to being married, I had an instance where a drag queen was obviously like me. I was flattered, and I just said, I'm sorry. I probably wouldn't date a drag queen. And I'm not attracted to effeminate men. It just, I mean, if you want to be effeminate, that's great. Be, but it's just not something that I'm attracted to. And you would not believe the backlash you'd get from a section of the gay community. That it almost is as if you're ostracized because you won't date somebody that you're not attracted to. And well, it, 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 you, there is a look, civil war taking place. Uh, the beginnings of one uh, in the gay uh, trans uh, world, and that is. When a lesbian does not want to date a trans woman because she wants a woman who has women's genitalia, not male genitalia, and that is considered transphobic. Exactly. I've been called self-loathing. The F word is referring to what I don't know if you can say it on air. No, don't say it. That I've been called a-hole, P-O-S. I mean, I've been called so many names just because... And, and I, I've learned, and sadly, prior to that, I just learned to say, I'm in a relationship, I'm sorry, even if I wasn't, because it's just better than dealing with you know, a mm-hmm. bunch of people that think that just because you're not attracted to somebody, it's almost like, like I said, it's becoming a, 
an aggressive attack on people just because you won't, like you said, if, if you're a transgender person and somebody who is a lesbian doesn't want to be, you know, be, in a, be, I would be their best friend in the world. I think people should be and be free to be who they are, but you don't have the right to overstep the, your, your desires into somebody else's life. I agree with you 100% on that. And I will say one thing, too. Prior to Trump becoming a, in actually running for office, I had 15 conservative gay people on Facebook. I now have over 1,500, and it's literally people, like, I know you know Brandon Strzok. He really, really started a movement, and much more, I thought it was like one of the only people in, in the world that must be conservative and gay, and that's not true. No, there's, no, actually, there's there so many uh, gay conservatives because, uh, this should go without saying, but sexual orientation should not be an impediment to thinking morally and clearly. But uh, you're you're out of the closet. Not out of the closet as gay. Nobody cares. You're out of the closet as conservative. Then they care. Read to you a lying editorial piece from a gay paper. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.